Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Welcome to the Slush Podcast. The only place on the internet where we cover Dragon Ball to baby soothers and everything in between. All right, I guess this is it, episode nine. Sully, how are you doing? Well, it's slowly recovering from Hangover, but you know, that's just what it is. Ah, The Hangover. Hey, it's your favorite movie, right? So it kind of all works out. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Hangover Hangover is one of those movies I should have never rewatched because now I hate the movie. Uh, Isn't there three of them now? There is three. And it, I'm, I think the memory of them is a lot better for me now. I'm just After I rewatched the first one, I was like, oh man, it's probably like this throughout all three movies, isn't it? Like I can't go through this again, so I'm just gonna pretend they're good movies. At least she didn't wake up with like the crazy face tattoo. Um, like what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's I forgot his name. And, uh... Wait, doesn't but Mike Tyson actually has that tattoo? Right, that gets fucked up. Yeah, he uh, in the second movie he gets like the tattoo on his face. Sweet in, like, Jesus, that's in, like, ridiculous. Viet- in Vietnam, dude, have you ever played Punch Out? It's crazy for NES. Um, I played the Wii version. Oh, I haven't played that one. I heard that you can use the, uh, what is it called? Like the Wii board where you like go back and forth on it and you like balance. Is that true? Did you play it like that? No, I did oh. not. I just, it's just a standard Wii remote nunchuck. Oh, well, how was it? It was like Wii Sports, just punch up. Oh, that sounds kind of Wii- shitty. Wii Sports was a kind of better, to be quite honest. I, you know, when the Wii first came out, I remember the first game I was introduced to on it was the tennis thing, and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> Wii, Wii Sports is a legitimate, like, a fun game. Like, yeah, dude, it is. <laughs> I mean, in a way where you're like, oh, I could just flip my wrist and do the same thing. But, you know, if you really try, I'm sure it could be all the rage and you know athletic it was supposed to be like advertised as this thing to get you back into fit but you can play it like as you as i'm sitting right now you can just go <laughs> yeah. for an audio list i'm just sitting down just swinging my hands like you don't have to do any actual exercise to play wii sports so dude that's why the skyward sword of the legend of zelda on, on wii i got so into that because i had no experience really playing wii sports i mean this that one time that the Wii came out and that guy showed me uh, the tennis uh, on it way back when I was in university that I played it for like a two minutes and I was done. And then I didn't play a Wii again until 2019 and I played Zelda and I was like, so into that I had like the sword and like the nunchuck for the shield. And I was like fighting the monsters. Like it was embarrassing, but in the best kind of way, (laughs) I loved it. It was so fun. Yeah, it's definitely a great experience just even just playing with, like, the movement controls with that. Yeah. Yes. I find the uh, Switch isn't the same as the Wii with the movement. Am I crazy for thinking that? Um, I just don't think games utilize it as well. Hmm. Uh, there isn't many that really do. Like, like Mario Kart kind of does. Um, but to be quite fair, I haven't played many Switch games in general that really, like, go into... I imagine Splatoon goes really well in tune with like how the motion controls work but i i imagine the reason why it's like it doesn't feel as fluid like as the Wii remote is because the the joy cons are pretty like tiny they're pretty tiny and they're pretty flimsy yeah they're not as durable as the Wii remote in the joke it feels weird like when i first got my switch 
when I was holding onto those Joy-Cons, it just seems like, I know that you can play two-player with them, but it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but they feel way too small. Like, when I'm holding one, it's like, I feel like I'm holding a 25-cent machine Nintendo remote. It's like, doesn't, I don't know. It's cool they crammed all the technology in there, but when I'm holding the actual Pro Controller, it just feels a lot better. I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah, they made the pro controller for the Wii U at first, because uh, really there was, yeah, because the Wii U um has the gamepad and it has the Wii remote, and you uh the pro controllers were supposed to be like the alternative to all that as well. Oh, that's cool. I should get my yeah. hands on that. Hmm. Yeah, Wii U is a pretty dope. You can jailbreak those to get a lot of things. Man, I had the opportunity to get a Wii U. Justin said he was just going to give it to me, and he never brought it in. Justin, if you ever listen to this, which you won't because you hate podcasts, and you say Howard Stern is destroying everything. Or no, sorry, Damn. you said that Howard Stern said that podcasts were destroying the radio industry. Yeah, Man, this... what a single call that was I know. I, was, I just hope he actually listens to this someday, which he won't, so this is the funny. I can say whatever I want right now, but um, where was I going with this? I don't know. You just started going off. And I was Justin, like, wait. He was going to give me <laughs> the Wii U and he never brought it in. He said it's sitting in his closet, just sitting there. And he just thinks it's trash. And I really like want to play Wind Waker on it so badly. I heard Wind Waker on the Wii U is actually the one of the better ways to play. Because like, you can utilize the gamepad yeah. as like your menu. I know. So you don't, you don't have to press pause or anything like that. You can just in the menu immediately do it yeah that would be cool i heard that you can like yeah do a map feature on the bottom thing while you're playing and i don't know i really like the wind waker that was a really fun game it was really like a slow burn once you're starting it but pretty um fulfilling i thought at the end of the whole thing yeah it's a pretty long one too for a legend of zelda title yeah we should do a whole episode on zelda that would be so fun we should do that i'm totally down Heck yeah, um, yeah. The only one I like, I did beat it, but it took me a long time. Like not like, I beat Wind Waker. Edwin did not take me as long to beat this. It was uh, probably because I was a stupid kid trying to struggle with mechanics of it. But Majora's Mask is like such a sophisticated game that it really blew me away. Like how well the, like the whole yeah exactly golden cartridge there. It is so hard to grasp the day system and resetting your whole progress you make and just restarting again, just so the moon doesn't crash and kill everybody. I um, that's one of the. That reasons. was a game I was like, damn, this is, yeah. That, that's why I brought this out because this is. I was gonna talk about this later, but it's funny. I'll bring it up now. This was one of the games that I bought that I haven't beaten yet, but I have big plans to like play this. Can you see the holographic thing? Does it? Does it do it on there? No. Oh, yeah. It's doing it. Oh, it does. It does do that. Well, that's pretty sick. It's getting real. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I track this down. I want to play it eventually. I heard it's awesome. Yeah, I played it on the uh, 3DS. There was a remake of Ocarina's Time and Majora's Mask. I have the Ocarina of Time on on 3DS. It's good. And they also also have, like, Master Quest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, where the whole maps reversed and a lot harder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would like to do that because I think it's just the one version that's on the 64. I don't think that you can do the uh, Master Quest on there. I don't think you can. It's an option. Is it on the uh, Ocarina of Time for 64? 
Oh, not in 64. It's like a separate cartridge in general for the 64. Oh, interesting. Huh. But uh, in the 3DS remake, it actually has, like, you can play regular or Master Quest mode. Damn. You will you unlock Master Quest after you beat the original. Yeah, it seems like it's like that on the majority of the Zelda games I've played, which I thought was awesome. I like that you can do that. Like, Skyward Sword is just waiting for me in hero mode right now. And I haven't... I had this plan. I was so into Zelda at one point. That's why I have so many systems, to be honest. I wanted to play all the Zelda games, and I would beat one and just jump to the next system without playing any other games for that system. Um, uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to buy the gold controller that came out for The Legend of Zelda, and I'm going to beat it. And it was so expensive. And I did get it, though. Um, but I still have to get the gold nunchuck for the gold Wiimote. That's right, I said Wiimote. We're going down that <laughs> path. But I do want to beat it in hero mode. Um, hero mode's awesome. Uh, so I'm going way. We're just flying all over the place. But you know. But you know it's crazy though. Like uh, Legend of Zelda got nominated for the Game of the Year this year. Really? Or Tears of the Kingdom. I heard it was really good. My niece always talks about it constantly. She even has like a special Tears of the Kingdom case for her uh, Switch. Have you seen the physics in it? It's actually ins- like I don't even like understand how they got that to work on the Switch alone. Like some of the physics in that is insane. Uh, dude, I'm so far behind in new games now. It's weird because I had my Legend of Zelda hat on the other day from the NES, and my niece is just like shaking her head at me, and she's like, "How can you be a Zelda fan? You've had it on the Switch for so long, and you haven't even played it." And I'm like, "Listen, kid. Back in the day, we played these things on cartridges and." I don't know. I haven't really gotten into the new ones as much. I, I'm sure I will eventually, but I just haven't yet. I mean, the Switch is still cartridges, though. Ah, uh, it's like an SD card. Come on. <laughs> no, it's pretty small. You don't have to blow in that thing to get it to work. You know what I'm saying? No, no, you don't. <laughs> I will eventually. It's funny. I never planned on buying a Switch, and Cora got it. Sorry if you're listening to this, Cora. But Cora got it for me for Christmas, and my mom they split on it one year, and I was like, oh shit. You bought me a Switch, like, huh. Because I always play old video games, and I don't have any new systems. And it was just weird to suddenly have a brand new system that hooks up HDMI to, like, a TV, like a big TV. They were like, please, play something more modern. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing, man, about retro gaming is some people I've noticed are like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you not see how shitty these look? I see you. I get what you're saying. But I love them still. I don't know. Uh, I, I honestly, I'm just flipping both Switch and both worlds. I love both styles. Like, uh, uh, but I gotta say, I do say though, modern gamings do blow them all out of the park. Like, I think I don't even think it's a contest. <laughs> blow what? All games? Fuck that. Retro games. Disagree. Retro games. Hard disagree. Like, no, I just think they play better, feel better. So I don't much. think so. I think the old games are better. But you know this. We already knew this about each other. That's true. That's true. I definitely um, prefer the old ones, but well, to be fair, you've only mostly played old ones. I, I'm a I'm a more modern gamer. I have gamer. the Switch. I have it. I just feel like it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. I like having them on the old TV. I find them a lot harder, to be honest. I'm just not as interested in the new games. I mean, I'm not even shaming you for being a retro gamer, but just state facts. To be honest. Oh. <laughs> I think the that I still think that old video games are funner than the new ones. 
I have played the new ones. That's why I don't play my Switch as much. I don't find it as fun, to be honest. It's really smooth. I don't like the controls. Like, the controller is just... Everything's got a joystick. Like, I kind of stopped at the N64 with that. I don't even play my PlayStation 2 because I find it kind of weird. Or the Xbox 360. I find it really strange with the joysticks like that. I don't know. It, it's beyond me, you know? I grew up in a different I'm, era. I'm, I'm surprised you got stopped at PS2. That's like... That's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird era to stop at. That's still technically like... I don't even like, play it. I bought the PS2 to play Vice City. Remember I was telling you about it the other day? Yeah, GTA. And the disc was scratched, so... I never ever get a chance to play it, really. Um... But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just because when I grew up, all those systems were so expensive. Like, we never had an NES. So now that I'm older and I can buy one, I'm just kind of like playing all the old games I never got a chance to when I was younger. Yeah. We had an Atari, but that was probably it. I got an N64 way later, um, like in the late 90s. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, That's my... probably why. <laughs> Yeah, my mom got herself a PS2 and was playing uh, JRPGs on it all the time. So you guys always had newer systems, and it sounds like. Uh, not necessarily. We kind of stagnated for quite a while, um, but for the most part, we had. Well, we my mom had a PS2, and at the time, I just thought the PlayStation was just like an adult console for so long because she would not let us touch this console. So then she bought us a GameCube. So. It kind of is, though. It is, like, in a more adult. The games on the PlayStation and Xbox and stuff are way more adult than Nintendo. Yeah. And the, I found out the later reason is because she didn't want us to ruin her save files on her PlayStation. That's fair. That's, yeah, because she was like, no, you guys would ruin it. Because she was, like, playing Prince of Persia and Final Fantasy X. And, and she's like, you know, I put too many hours into this game. If you touch it and ruin it, I don't. I know you're my kid, but I will smack you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is interesting. This is one thing I was going to bring up. Okay, so what is the first system that you had? Uh, it'd probably be the GameCube, technically. And so what year was that? I would have been in, like, 2005. 2005, you had the GameCube. Okay, so when did the GameCube come out? Uh, I think GameCube came out 2001, 2002. Is it? Okay. So what was the first game that you played on the GameCube? Like, was this your first console game that you ever played in your life? Um, I think it was. I don't recall anything sooner than that. Um, but yeah, the GameCube, I, there, I only had two games on it. This is why I have such a special attachment to Resident Evil 4. Because Resident Evil 4 was on the GameCube. And I also have Metroid Prime, which was also on the GameCube. Dude, I heard those... Metroid Prime was amazing. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's actually like it's still my favorite Metroid like of all time. Like it's really hard to beat like how well that is. It's so weird because it's like the first real game to integrate like a story that's completely optional. <laughs> like, hmm. like you could play the whole game without knowing a goddamn thing. Like wow. it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I when I was going down the Metroid rabbit hole when I first played the NES one, uh, people were saying in forums and stuff that Metroid Prime was like an amazing game and that was one reason to buy the gamecube just so you could play that i got it but the fucking disc is scratched again i oh, know man. i have metroid prime here and it's scratched it's such a sh mm. i do gotta say uh metroid prime is actually best played on the wii oh really they, they made a metroid prime trilogy of metroid prime one two three and it worked with like the wii remote and shooting it just felt and played so much better on the wii that really 
Yeah. So you wouldn't recommend using the GameCube remote with it? You play. I, with the I wouldn't recommend it. Like it's like you can go through it. Like you're not gonna have a horrible experience. But the fact that you, like the freely able to roam, uh, like your screen is a lot better on the Wii. So it kind it's of feels like the opposite of Twilight Princess. Yeah, it's it's exact opposite because Twilight Princess is like much better on the GameCube. Hmm. But but then they on the Wii they're like you know what let's. Well, they were originally making Twilight Princess like a stack uh, ga- a game to be work with motion controls, but then they realized that uh, we, uh, the Wii wasn't going to be done. Uh, uh, it developed enough in time for this game to be come out since it's almost already fully developed. Hmm. So they decided to give up on the idea of making it a Wii game mm-hmm. at the time and just integrate it fully with the GameCube specs. Bizarre. So many weird then, stories out there about games. And then they re-released it for the Wii, like with the motion controls. I have Twilight Princess here, but I think I mentioned this before. I've only got like an eighth of the way through it. And uh, and I think you told me and online people were like, just get the GameCube version. Just don't even. And you can tell because on the buy and sells, you can get Twilight Princess for like 10 bucks for Wii anywhere. But Twilight Princess for GameCube is like $150 now. It's crazy. Yeah, that's like, like GameCube games go for so much. Oh, it's actually super annoying. Oh my god. I know I got Smash Brothers Melee and it was a fortune and nobody will play it with me. We should play. Yeah, I agree. That's uh arguably one of the greatest fighting games ever made. Wow. And I got um Double Dash as well, Mario Kart, also supposed to be an amazing game. Again, nobody will play with me. Yeah, I do love Double Dash as well. If only we could just connect them to the internet with the GameCube. I don't think we can do that though. I don't think so either. I don't think that anything does it anymore that old. Would they? Um, I remember there's like an internet accessory you can buy for the GameCube, hmm. but it was very, but it was very finicky, and it were, honestly, you're better off just using Wi-Fi in the Wii. Man, I remember when I got the Xbox 360 for ten bucks with a backup hard drive. I got um, I realized you had to get this LAN adapter, like an antenna, for the back of it. Yeah, and the OG was, one. Yeah, so I bought the antenna. I have it right now hooked up to the internet here. And I was like, wow, you can get YouTube on the Xbox. This is so cool. That was the first system where I was like, uh, you know, in the new... I like the Xbox 360. It's really cool. I love the Ghostbusters game that's on it. It's pretty good. 360 is technically my favorite console just of all time. I mean, perfectly honest. Do you have I one in your place? I have one right now. I'm looking right at it. Oh, shit. Can we still play online with that? uh as of today we can but servers will die in Ju- july of 2024 wow really bleak silly <laughs> i know that's what i've been uh me and my brother have been trying to find any game that still has a server up for 360 because servers are dying left and right I, mean, I don't blame publishers for just giving up for 360 servers there's like why should we keep supporting this is only costing us money so they're shutting down a lot of servers anyways even before like the server all of them shut down in july so me and my brother have been trying to find a very specific, any specific, um, like three sixty game that we can play together. We should play. Let's play Halo or something. That's got to work still. Maybe that's a huge maybe. Because <laughs> uh, the servers are actually owned by Bungie. Uh, Halo isn't owned by Bungie anymore. They're owned by Three Four Three Studios. Um. So I'm not sure quite how uh, the original Halo 3 servers 
are st still up because I know they switch a lot of their stuff into like, the Master Chief Collection, which is pretty much a compilation of all the Halo games. Hmm. Um, and everybody usually just plays on those, and you can just play Halo Three and Halo Two, Halo One. Well, and, what like, the hell are we gonna play then, Sully? I, I just have been trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of like the not so obvious great games on there. Hmm. So I'm looking for really bad Xbox 360 games. Well, I've got a lot of those. When I got mine, I inherited a lot of sports games. You know, I've never been into sports games. Have you? Do you play any sports um, games? I've been forced to adapt, so I'm pretty good at sports games. Wow, forced. It's, what happened? Everyone just would rather just play a sports game, so I played NHL. Oh, no. And, and yeah, I played NHL quite a lot. I'm sorry, sorry. Um, and then uh, when I moved up here, my, my roommate... He only had two games, and it was Mortal Kombat X and uh, FIFA 17. And then he was, like, obsessed with FIFA. And <laughs> oh, uh, so he, like, we only played FIFA together. And then I was like, hey, let's play Mortal Kombat. And I, I'm I'm pretty good at Mortal Kombat. Like, like, like I'm pretty, like, confident. I went to, used to go to we slow, uh, small tournaments with it uh, while That's I was, like, cool. making money. Yeah, I used to go around beating up kids with their money in Mortal Kombat. I feel like Henry is really good at Mortal Kombat. Once we have him on this, isn't there? There's Mortal Kombat One coming out, right? Or is that already out? It's out. It's out now. Is it good? Did it do good? Uh, it's doing fairly good. Um, right now it's just uh, personally, I'm just not a fan of like the designs on it. I think they could like for the graphics and there's everything they're doing. I think they could have went a lot harder. Mm. Um, I'm just, I'm just kind of indifferent right now because I I didn't really like Mortal Kombat Eleven. Because uh, of how, like, Mortal Kombat 11 is like a very greedy game where it, it only really benefits people who either pay a lot of money or have been playing since day one. Um, mm. It it adds it adds a system into the fighting game stuff where I just don't think should have been there in the first place if you're really going to be a fighting game. And there's only really like you can do like rank and rank matches and stuff like like that. And then I I just wasn't a fan of how it was uh like made and portrayed. The, the guest characters are. Freaking awesome though! You have like yeah, Spawn, you have, like Rambo, uh, Terminator, Spawn keeps Robocop. Very yeah. strange. So there's no Spawn things at all anymore. So I don't even know how he's still popular. Like Todd McFarlane is just trying. Dude. When I was younger, Spawn was everywhere. Like there's a Spawn movie, comic book, TV series, toys everywhere. Now he's just like a guest person in Mortal Kombat. So I don't even know how it's staying alive. They were gonna make a movie in Toronto. With Jamie Fox playing Spawn, but it fell through. So that's wild. Yeah, I know it's weird. So okay, let's go back to old games versus new games. Why? What is the one thing that you think makes the newer games better than the older games? Um, is it is a big divide in like how much you can do in replayability? Yeah. Uh, in older games, which they're honestly just built for like a lot of single runs to be done, and modern games, there's a lot more ways to approach replayability with it. Uh, they offer a lot more options you can do, and there's some just some games that just have like multiplayer that you can now play with your friends. So you, uh, what what makes it better for you is you like more options and you like being able to play with people. You don't like I just do. the one linear kind of retro. Game. Oh, I. I do love linear stuff. Even like there's some modern games that are just linear games. Actually, that's my favorite kind of style because Resident Evil, they're all linear stories, right? And they make one almost every year now. And I play every single one of them because they're my favorite style of game, like linear story games. 
That's why um, Last of Us was so popular, because it's also just a linear story game. Okay, well then what's the main thing about the new games that you like better? Like, what is it that's, that, that you feel like that you would say that they're better than older games? What's the one thing then, if you still like linear games? Um... I would say like the just the way they in- introduce like a new setting a new world and the way it plays and and the gameplay I think mm-hmm. it just plays such a huge factor. I don't really care much for graphics. I think art style carries a, a lot harder than anything else. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't really like care too much about graphics in general, but uh it, it seems to be the biggest rage, which is kind of my gripe with modern gaming. There's just so many like bigger companies and games that will just want to advocate for how well they can do graphics and don't get me wrong there's a lot of games that actually like can integrate really well graphics into really smooth and better gameplay um but even i'm a game uh pc gamer there's a lot of game modern games that are really way too demanding Hmm. and you mean like 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 adding cards and stuff to your computer like to upgrade it to to play the games yeah exactly like cyberpunk Cyberpunk. Yeah, I don't know if I can even play Cyberpunk again because they're really big update. Can. Uh, it's it's actually like one best ongoing game this year. Funny I enough, know. Because... What's the deal with it, man? If people can't play it, but it'll run on the PlayStation Four, won't it? Uh, it does. Yeah. Huh. Um, the reason why it won best ongoing game is because obviously it had like a historically horrible launch. Uh, this in the state that it was in, I understand why it really is the way they did, but they were their, their hand was forced because shareholders really needed wanted the game out and had been waiting for like eight years for this game to come out hmm. since they announced it. And at the time, it was getting too close to a deadline and they were running out of funds. And they're like, We have to release this game, and it just became a shit show Damn. because Keanu Reeves not... is involved with that, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of the main characters in it. Oh, really? Yeah, That's he hilarious. uh. He, so he plays an asshole, right? He plays, he kind of plays like a villain type character in the story. So what happens in the cyberpunk is that Keanu Reeves' brain gets injected into your brain. So you see Keanu Reeves everywhere you go, and he's telling you to like, it's like, give me control, kill yourself. I'd rather just do this myself than watch you do it. Wow. He's not, he's not a good guy. It's, it's such a different, funny seeing yeah. like how he is in cyberpunk That's compared surprising. to all. all all of his movies like like because he's such a nice guy in movies but then cyberpunk is like this man is out to kill you (laughs) yeah i feel like he's a nice human in real life he's always interesting he's getting through like hell and back um yeah but okay but yeah Um, just just some uh games that i think just think like really advocate for really well thought out gameplay and puzzles and just that's why I, I I'd rather just pick up a game and play that, and then just sit down and watch a movie. Kind of where I'm at in life right now. I really like the uh, retro games just because I find with a lot of those like older movies, like there's a lot of really good movies now and a lot of good games. But I have like the amount of respect I have for people who were, you know, groundbreaking back then when there wasn't anything. And they had so little memory to work with. And like you were saying with the artwork, you only have like some pixels to create everything. Um, For me, like I just love being able to step backwards and put myself into the shoes of like a kid or a teenager or a parent back then, apparently, who used to play, you know, Mario 3 or, uh, you know, the first Metroid or the first Castlevania or Mario, all that stuff 
was so groundbreaking back then that I like being able to experience it because I didn't get to experience it because I feel like a lot of rich kids had that stuff when I was that age, but I never had that. So being able to go back and, and actually play them now, like playing Contra right now is hilarious because most people my age beat that when they were like 11 or 12 and I never had the chance to do it. So it's pretty fun for me because I feel like when I beat those things, it's like very deep in the back of my mind. I'm checking off a little list and it, it gives me a lot more confidence to play newer games going forward because I beat the older ones. Just me personally. I'm sure there's no technical bullshit about it, but um, that's why I find I keep playing the older games. Um, but completely roundabout back. So you had the GameCube, which is was a really underrated system. Uh, it didn't do super hot when it came out, but now, I mean, people use it all the time at conventions to play things like Double Dash and Super uh, Smash Brothers Melee. People are still playing Melee, right? Like, that's that's a huge fighting game, as you were saying. Yeah, it's, it's actually crazy, because uh, the company that made it, HAL Laboratories, it's no longer a company anymore. Um, uh, they, it, it's just the way they made it was so unique compared to all the other Smash Bros. going forward, hmm. that it hasn't had a mechanic like that in Smash Bros. since. However, I will say, like, controversial to the fighting game community, I think it's a good thing they got rid of the mechanics in Melee going forward, because I think the less competitiveness going into Smash Bros. really helped it more flourish, because a lot of times, Smash Bros. is part of a party game, and even, like... Um, Okay, this is kind of one of my greats with Nintendo. Nintendo hates the fact that Smash Bros. is a, a fighting game, quote unquote. Uh -huh. That they would not, they would, they don't sponsor any events at all. Really? In fact, they would, they would actively try to shut them down as fast as they can. Just because it's Be not a family friendly thing. Uh, I mean, it is a family friendly thing. Like, you mean like any... fighting? Is that what you're saying? Um, I think it's more just so because Nintendo's a Japanese company, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have control. Like, which is which is the biggest thing, like, with a lot of companies in Japan. They don't, they really like being able to control the output of how uh, their, their stuff and content is used. And because uh, uh, Smash Bros. being like a fighting game or whatever, that's their property. And they want to be able to channel the output of how often people are playing it and how people are playing it competitively. And But they don't like to see the game as competitive, so they just decide to shut a lot of it down. And so a lot of the stuff that they're sponsored from it, they're like third parties, not even associated with Nintendo. Weird. That's very strange. I did not N know that. Nintendo is pretty shitty for a lot of that stuff. Huh. Like, that's, that's why, like, their games are great, but Nintendo as a company is really shitty out of all the big three. Of the, uh, like, you mean like PlayStation and, and Xbox? Yeah. So... I guess is the most popular system over right now the PlayStation Five. Like, what is it? What is the most popular one? Uh, I would probably say it's um. I think the most current gen console that's the most popular is probably the PS Five, but I would say PS Four is probably really close. Hmm. So how's Xbox doing? Do you think? Do you? You don't have X one of the new ones, I guess. Eh? Uh, I have played it. I do. My brother has one. Oh. Um so there's this little tidbit fact there there's a time when they interviewed the ceo of xbox and he was like i'm not even gonna lie to you we lost the console war this time around oh, like really? we can't we can't compete with sony and their their better console like like they're, they're really close in specs so like a lot of stuff the ps5 can do like the xbox and just do uh so it's able to like you keep a steady footing on it mm -hmm. but 
just the amount of exclusives and the amount of ways that Sony has integrated like their gameplay with the controller uh just really outclassed everything Xbox was doing so he was just like like I'm not gonna even lie to you like the main thing that Xbox has going for it is the game pass and its backwards compatibility and the fact that it's all their games go to PC as well that is cool that they do that I wish that there were more systems coming out that you could play the older games on that would be awesome like yeah because with the Wii you, can... you could play the GameCube games in it that's pretty awesome they never did that again did they I don't think uh... so the Wii U, I think, can do that to an extent. I don't know if it plays GameCube games, so. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they after the Wii U, that ended with the Switch. I know. Because now there's only ports. Well, that's too bad. Um, yeah, I'm just looking online here. There's some articles, it's funny, because there's one from November 22nd, 23, that says the Switch is the most popular console. But then when I look it up on another sh- uh, site on Google, it says the PlayStation Five. So that's interesting. I can see, th- I can see Nintendo being really close as well. Because hmm. um, even just to switch the games, like I said, Nintendo has great games. Like it's hard for me to deny that. And but they also because so the biggest thing that PlayStation and Nintendo have is exclusivity, and how well they integrate like their system into their games. Um, so there's a lot of Switch games that you can integrate with the motion controls and the PS5 also integrates stuff with their controller. You can vibrate. So say if you're playing Spider-Man on the PS5, you can feel every swing Spider-Man does. You can sure. feel the impacts and you can, even if you're playing a game, you can feel like the tr- uh, trigger, like half, uh, half feedback on it. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But... The N64 has that rumble pack. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Playing Goldeneye, you can fire those guns. Um, see, it's funny because I don't even think about that stuff that much. Um, this is where I'm playing the old systems. I'm like, oh, yeah, the new ones move all the time. They're so fancy with all their fancy new things. Um, well, that's all fun. The first system I had was called, uh, I got it from my neighbor for $2 at a yard sale. It was called a uh, Coleco Gemini, and it was basically an Atari uh, clone. Um, and yeah, those, wow. that was the first system and I was in grade seven. So yeah, all my friends had like some wicked systems and I had this like hunk of junk, $2 system, but you know what? It was so primitive that, uh, it made me have so much respect for like people who make video games and what they had to do back then. So, uh, it had a big impact on me, I guess, with retro gaming. And I didn't get a system after that until a 64 when I was in grade nine. So uh-huh. it wasn't until 1999 that I got a newer system. And then I think the GameCube came out in like 2001, not that long after that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get a new system again until the Switch. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, awesome. You know, you know what's weird? Mine was so weird because I had GameCube and we had the PS2. But due to unfortunate events, uh, they no, they, they uh, we didn't have a PlayStation 2 or GameCube anymore. So I got an N64. Hey. And at that, you can go to rental places to rent out games and cartridges and DVDs yeah. at my uh, uh, local Ralph's Dairy that had there. It's still going. So we I rented love up, renting games. Rented out Pokemon Stadium, Mario <laughs> 64, and then um, just racing games in general. <laughs> yeah, I played a lot of race. There was a ton of racing games on 64. I actually downloaded it on the Switch. Me and Cora got... 
episode one racer because I have it on N64, but I just wanted to see on the big TV because it's like the HD version of it, which still looks like shit because it's like polygons. Um, but they're still fun. I still love Mario 64. That's a great game. Um, like you were saying, Ocarina of Time, great game. One of the best Zeldas. Um, so what, in your opinion, like forget which systems we had first and which games we played first. What do you think was the first console with a specific game that like cemented you as being interested in games the rest of your life? Like what's the first game that you are just like, that's in your mind. Like if, if you can think of one, what would it be? Uh, so it's a, it's a bit weird. I, like I'm a bit biased towards Resident Evil four. That's like my mm-hmm. biggest, that's, that's my favorite game of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I've beat that game so many times, and I was so excited for the remake that came out. Also, <laughs> I've been playing it quite a lot still. Um, but if I were to say, like the my favorite game like like that is probably Metal Gear Solid Two. It's a uh, Hideo Kojima. Like I know you're a advocate of like people like playing like original hardware, but like Hideo Kojima literally does that like to such a hyper extent that nobody ever does what he does. Hmm. It's insane. There's very few developers that really decided to go the route that Hideo Kojima did, um, because Hideo Kojima he's such a he's such a great game director that he's the, I I put him in the pinnacle of the spot where he put story modes like uh, cinematic stories in gaming because of Metal Gear Solid One for the PS One hmm. because it plays like a spy movie and the way it's the story goes and how everything plays out it just it that's what I, I think pioneered like people putting really developed stories into did into that game come out before resident evil one metal gear solid one uh i can't remember i i'm I, I probably not i'm but i imagine resident evil one came out before because their cinematic cutscenes were fucking terrifying i remember playing resident evil one on pc when it came out and as soon as that zombie turns around for the first time, the bald zombie in the big the mansion and all that, yeah. fuck, it was so scary. Because I don't think they had too many games with cinematic cutscenes. Yeah, because it was all on Sony, right? It was all like it was Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, and then there was Resident Evil, and then um, what other one was it? Uh, yeah, those are the big three that come to mind with like Silent Hill, Silent Hill. Yeah, oh man, that's another scary one. Fuck. Yeah, Sony really, Sony was really pioneering like story mode in that. But I think Metal Gear Solid was, I think out of all the old games out of that batch, I think Metal Gear Solid's aged the best because like it really integrates its art style into it, and nothing makes you feel so excited about like how well like he uh, Hideo Kojima uses the outside world to integrate with the game. What other games has he done? Um, he does the most, he's done obviously mostly all the Bella Gears up until, um, up until Phantom Pain in 2015, where he, he's been with Konami forever, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. So he's been making games for them. And, uh, since beginning really, like, like he's been making like, uh, obviously like Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, like for like a uh, Nintendo consoles. And, but he also did one after he split with Konami. He uh he made his own original game, Death Stranding, with his company. What is it called again? Death Stranding. Hmm. Interesting. Is it good? 
it has it's because it, it, Kojima is always trying to reinvent the wheel of stuff. He's kind of like I would call like a James Cameron in video games quite a lot because he would always try to reinvent what you can do with a video game. And Death Stranding is very mixed reviews because of how he decided to approach making this game. Because on one hand, it's it's a cinematic masterpiece. If the game is beautiful, the story plays well, uh, and there's really cool like fights and boss fights you can do. However, the biggest thing was that like the in between all that, it just it was really drawn out gameplay of just delivering packages. I'm like, just looking at his other games that he's made. Don't mind me. Yeah, he's he's made a lot even before Metal Gear Solid as well. Dude, yeah, he um, did Metal Gear for NES. He's the creator. I haven't played that yet, but I've always I had a plan to play all the Metal Gears and start with the NES one. Um, that would be fun to do. You know, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Since you're such a integrated Nintendo console, like once you get to Metal Gear, Metal Gear Two, like Solid Snake, like there's a Metal Gear Solid on the PS One. Skip that and go play the Metal Gear Solid remake, and then play PS One. I just I'm, not because of like like anything over. Uh, I just think the like the way like I think it'll have a much. It's hard for me not to spoil it. Because I think it's such a mind-blowing game and that they recreated for Nintendo and consoles. And I think, like, the best way to experience the story of Metal Gear Solid would be in... in Because uh, it's for the GameCube, will be on your Nintendo console more so than your PlayStation. Man, this guy, yeah. Metal Gear is his biggest thing, for sure. Just looking at yeah. all the games he's been involved with. Metal Gear Solid 3 also is a really cool thing where the PlayStation 2 has, like, its integrated time system. So there's one boss where you can go into the boss fight and if you just pause and save and wait a week your your the boss dies of old age cuz you waited too long to fight him. Hmm. That's the most ridiculous thing I've heard today and I've, I've heard some weird things today. But I'm into there's, it. I'm here for it. There's, there's also a boss fight or since killing is optional in Metal Gear Solid games. Or the more people you kill, the stronger this boss gets. So if you kill nobody, he's actually super easy to beat throughout the game. But 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 if you kill quite a lot, he becomes like, extremely hard. Just want to point this out again. We were talking about this earlier. I think on oh yeah, podcast, how it's, it's like yeah. Kyle Reese from T T One. You can't see it. I had to refocus the camera. But yeah, yeah, he, he stole stole like <laughs> pretty much the art. So that's your favorite one. Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, it's awesome. I for me, it's awesome because he started on NES with Metal Gear, and that was his first game. That's I'm gonna have to play that. Um, I don't know if I have a a game that that changed it all for me. I I was used to Super Mario and stuff back in the day. I didn't have any crazy games. I don't think. I was always fascinated with them. I'd see people playing like The Legend of Zelda for NES, but I didn't really know what it was. So I think the artwork and stuff from the boxes just made me want to go back and play them and just track them down. But I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe The Legend of Zelda. Because that's the first one I really, game I really beat, I think. It wasn't even that long ago. I didn't even start playing these games until like maybe four or five years ago. I didn't play any games. I had the 64 but in the Atari. But like, there's a gap in my life from like junior high, just not playing them anymore, up to like the past five years. I just didn't play video games. Didn't really have any interest in them. It was like on movie sets and working and doing all that stuff. Didn't really have time for them. But, you know, now that I'm older, it's fun going back and just doing it. It's a blast. 
I'm stoked. Um, okay, so that was one question I wanted to ask you. Do you want to have a game question or a random question? Because I have a list here for you. Uh, just throw it at me, dude. Okay. What are three games that you've always wanted to beat that you haven't beat yet? It could be from any era, but three games, top three games that you're like, I will get to that eventually. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually tough because there's obviously there's a huge array of games uh, that I do like, and a lot of the games I really did like really wanted to beat. I've already done now. Um, one of my biggest ventures is the original Final Fantasy VII. I took me three years to beat that. Actually, six years. Holy but you beat it already. I did beat it. This yeah, is but that you didn't beat yet. Didn't beat yet. Yeah. yeah these are three trying... you need to play need to play yeah like you might do you have like a queue in your head of like a list of games that you have to get to um you know what there is one game series that comes to mind this is the whole series in general oh wow okay yeah, devil may cry devil may cry I, yeah I'm it's uh it. i have devil may cry one to five it's a another series by capcom i just love capcom games in general Apparently. capcom is my favorite publisher like mega man devil may cry like Oh, Resident okay. Evil. But yeah, Devil May, De Devil May Cry is interesting because Devil May Cry was supposed to be Resident Evil 4. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. The team of Devil May Cry were making Resident Evil 4, and then they scrapped the idea of how this was supposed to be played. So they just didn't know what to do with the assets, and then they just, since they had a team still with all these resources, they decided to make Resident Evil well, <laughs> Devil May Cry. That's bizarre. I'm looking at pictures so, from the game. Right so now. when if you play Resident Evil 4, the original, and Devil May Cry, it you can hear the same kind of soundtracks because they just slightly change it. So the OST and stuff is still roughly the same. This is so Sully. Giant Sword anime. Okay, I get oh, it yeah. now. Capcom is amazing for Devil that, Devil May Cry. Okay, so that's your answer for the three games? You're that's just gonna... that's one of them. That, that's that's, uh, uh, that's kind of cop-out to say all three. Cause no, no, it's... that's cool. What, what's two more? What else you got up? What else you got cooking up there, Sully? Adventure Man. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Oh my God. Devil May Cry being the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Um. So wait, for Devil May Cry, would you? Was the first game? So it was for PS2, right? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was for um GameCube actually, I believe. Oh. No, yeah, G GameCube. Yeah, yeah. So would you ever consider going back to the OG one and playing in that? Or would you just play it on any system? Uh, I I already have it on my PlayStation Four. Uh, I I would just play. Oh, it on that. you already got them. I see. Okay. I bought them all, but they just been. I was like, you know what? This I will get to this, and it's been a few years now. I've never got to That's it. That's fair. <laughs> I've been there every day. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So I guess that's one classic series. Um. There is one game I've been wanting to play. It's a bit more modern. Uh, Elden Ring. Okay, I've heard of this. People are obsessed with it. It's uh, I think it's FromSoft, like Magnum Opus, and I really like FromSoft games. Like. The way they do subtle storytelling and extremely hard gameplay is, is so fun and relaxing to do. Isn't but, the sequel like some mythical thing that they say isn't coming out for like a bazillion years? Elden Ring came out in 2021, I believe. There isn't so another one coming out? Uh, not likely anytime soon. Oh, I thought they uh, were already working on a sequel. Huh. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they are, but the last game they actually made was this year. Uh, they put out a game, a mech game called Armored Core. Armored you may Core? Have heard about yeah, but isn't that an old series? It is an old series. Yeah, but it's from from from, from Soft. Uh... They they made this game. They made uh, Armored Core this year. It came out in August. Hmm. 
and that was the game, big game they were making this year. So I wouldn't be surprised they're making an Elden Ring two at some point. But uh, so most of the time in Dark Souls, it's a free roam game, quote unquote. Uh, it's more like they just open the area, but in areas where you're technically not supposed to be. So say if you're level one and you technically go in like the the, the last level boss, you're like, oh, I am not prepared for this, and you just get wiped out immediately. Hmm. <laughs> It, it punishes you like that for exploring on belligerently like that. Uh, so it really tries to guide you. Like you can you can go challenge yourself, but it's better if you just slowly group. Uh, oh my god, I got really something in my eye today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Elden Ring, and then I think the free roam aspect of what they did in the open world, I think was just phenomenal. I really want to play that. So, um, what's your third one? And that's what I was uh, thinking of. Um. Let's see, third, 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 third. No uh, I, don't really have, I don't really have much games I can think of that I like. Man, I really got something in my eye. Dude, eyewash station. You need one. Replace that sword with an eyewash station. <laughs> I know. I always, I always get something in my eye during these talks. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll have to make it a tradition. Hey, I'm sick. You were sick the last time. I know, right? We got to keep this going. Touchero. Maybe we you should know, both get sick for the next one. That's that's an idea. I'll cough on you tomorrow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, you know, while I'm thinking of my third one, what are yours? My three games. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Majora's Mask. For starters. Been needing to play this forever. And I'm going to. Uh, this one's for Atari. Hero. It was the, my most expensive game. Just for this shitty cartridge, it was like $120. Holy crap. Yeah, but it's like one of the best Atari games. Um, it's because it's a side-scroller, and uh, there's only a couple of games on Atari that you can play like an NES game or like a Super Nintendo game. This is one of them. So it's kind of a like a legit game. Uh, it feels like a, like a video game uh, and not a shitty pixel wandering around the screen. Um, it's really fucking hard, though. So, yeah, I'm only, like, 65% of the way through it. And then, of course, since it's an old game, it doesn't save, and you just die. And, you know, it's like Contra. Um, and this is another one I have to play, Skate or Die. After Contra, after I'm done playing that, Skate or Die is the next one. It's apparently terrible. Terrible. <laughs> but I have, like, this thing where I've always seen a certain... Uh, titles in everybody's nes collection and i have to like beat them um but i also have this as a fourth side note but uh turok and hey turok let's go yeah dude i'm stoked i will beat this eventually sully do you want to go rinse your eye out are you okay I i'll be fine i'm fine i'm good i'm oh good oh my god i feel like i'm talking to a blind person <laughs> I, I mean technically you're not wrong i have to wear glasses so. oh my god um yeah, I, you know, I remember playing Turok. I remember renting this from GameZilla and Tro. It's a fun game, but I remember being really disappointed it wasn't multiplayer. Because having multiplayer with dinosaurs and guns would have been fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I also have this game, uh, Guardian Legend. I've never beaten it. My friend lent it to me. It's supposed to be amazing for NES. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be really, really good. I have never played it. And my final, almost final game, Mario 2 on the Famicom Disk System. It is so 
so hard. It's it's so hard that when I put it in and I played the first level, I was like, this is going to take forever. There's no way I can just... I got to take a break from Mario. I think I'll come back to this in like three years and beat it because it's, <laughs> it's really, really hard. Um, and I have to beat Mega Man 4. I finished at 3 during the pandemic. So I have 4 here. 3 was just so hard. I mean, like... Two is really fun and the music is amazing. Three is really fun too and the music is good, but I got Mega Man out. I did one, two, and three back to back, and I was because yeah, they're all the same, really. That's a know? lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're basically the same, which is cool if you really love it, which I do. But you know, um, the soundtrack really carries it. Oh my god, my uh, Bennett really likes Mega Man. He was uh, watching my nephew play Mega Man. It was weird. My nephew, he grew up playing Wii. He's 11. And uh, I have, my mom has an NES Classic for the kids to play. But, you know, no kids are playing that thing, you know. Uh, yeah. But I plugged it in for him and he started Mega Man 2. And I was like, oh, this is hard. And he's like, okay. And he got halfway through the game in one sitting. I couldn't believe it. Like, kudos to him. He's going to be a really good gamer, I think. Um, all right. When you go to Japan on your travels, what are the top three things that are your main objectives to go there? Like, what is, what's the one thing that you're like, I need to do that when I go there? Spoilers, I'm going to Japan, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I should podcast from Japan. That would be so cool. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, the more I learn about it, I feel like it's going to be a bit harder to really navigate myself uh, with everything. But um, yeah, the the biggest thing is actually the biggest reason I'm going there. It's actually what motivated my whole trip around this oh, idea wow. of me going there. The anticipation here. So in March, well, in, in March 31st, they're tearing down the life, uh, life-size Gundam, right? right? They had it up since 2019. And they use it as a tourist location, but obviously with the state of the world in 2020, mm. it ended up like no tourists were coming to see this thing anymore. Mm. And they were like, "Oh no, what do we do?" And then they decided, you know what? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> next year we'll open up Japan to go see it, uh, let people in. Then 2021 comes around, they didn't even open Japan. Still, it was still locked. You couldn't even go in the country still. And then in 2022, they're like, "You know what? This year we'll open up Japan," which they did. And then it gets like enough money and revenue to go check it out. But then they're like, you know what? Let's tear it down. And they're like, no, let's do that in 2023. And I got really worried. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is there going to tear it down this year? But then they delayed it. And they're like, you know what? This is the last delay we're having. March 31st, 2024. They're tearing down the live action Gundam. So and that's, that's the biggest reason I'm going to Japan. I just want to say a couple of things. A, this is why we do a podcast with Sully. Because he's going to fly to Japan. His main objective is to see this Gundam. <laughs> I'm just getting that out of the way. This is why I do a podcast with you. Because that is awesome. <laughs> Second of all, I didn't know that you were... I mean, I, I knew. I remember you mentioning this. But, like, you know, we didn't really... We've never really talked in depth about Gundam for a long period of time. Maybe we should do an episode with that. But for you with Gundam, like, was it a show? Was it a movie? Was it a game? Like, what made you, like, what drives this for Gundam? What is it? What is it, Sully? You're you're going to hate me so oh, much. Oh, shit. 
So one of the Gundams, one of the Gundam games, I think was for the, I think it was for the 360. It was either for 360 or for the Wii. Oh my god. Anyways, one of the main intros was Linkin Park. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it was, really? It was so sick, dude. Oh, the main wow. intro clicked in, and I was like, yo, this song's pretty sick. What's going on? Then I just heard Chester Benetton. I was like, yo, this is Linkin Park in a freaking <laughs> Gundam game? This is insane. Even I'm scared right now at this point. Why? I didn't know Nintendo did that ever. Like, put, you know, pop mainstream music. I guess it's not pop, but it was pretty popular. It, it, was, it was more Sega than anything. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's so random. I, mean, I had no idea. But yeah, that's one of the big reasons. But I've also just Gundam. I didn't actually watch the shows for quite a while, but I've always loved giant mechs in general. My favorite mech show was uh, Gurren Lagann, which is the most ridiculous mech show there ever is and ever was. I don't think anything's going to beat how ridiculous of a mech show. What is, is it called again? Gurren Lagann. Gurren. It came out in like 2007, 2008. I'll have to, I'll have to look into this. This is ridiculous. 20, Twenty-four episodes. I actually recommend it like a thousand percent. That's really You'll short, actually. I could do that. You'll never see an anime like it again because of how ridiculous it gets by the end. Like, like it's insane how much, like it progresses and how ridiculous a story goes. The, each episode, you will never predict how the ending is. Like. You can watch the first episode. Like I can kind of see how it goes. You will never like it. It's that's how ridiculous the story gets. Is it as anyway. ridiculous as Evangelion ending kind of thing, like from start to finish? Um, Evangelion's a different approach to like a weird ending. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's also another mech show. Yeah, we should just yeah. do a mech show episode. That would be really fun. Mechs are so huge. I know. Shows. There's, there's so many cool ones. There's like, so many cool ones, dude. Code Geass, is, Code Geass is also Verbal Attack. There's also Gundam Seed and Gundam Wing. Oh, I love Gundam good. Wing. That was my introduction to Gundam. I think we'd mentioned this before. I still have tapes. They're in front of me with my handwriting from 1999 that say Gundam Wing on them. I recorded every single episode off of YTV. What is wrong with me? Why do I still have these? I don't know. Heck yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, I actually like. I think it's just my love of mechs that really got me into Gundam, <laughs> and then looking at the series of like how they evolved throughout this thing, and then one of the movies, uh, Gundam Unicorn, it blew my mind away and how a beautiful a mech show, like a mech movie, was Lincoln Park in that movie. It was not. It was not. In Thank that movie, no. the maker. I'm just kidding. Everybody can love their own thing. Lincoln Park is just yours. You know. How I'm dare not... you spit on Lincoln Park? I'm not judging at all. <laughs> but yeah. So that's uh, your main thing. What 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 else are you gonna go? Like, what's your second thing you want to do when you're there? So when I do go, I actually want to visit uh, one of the embassies, hmm. and I want to see what kind of scholarships are offered. Ooh. Uh, so looking at schooling in Japan. Crazy. This is why we have to do a podcast because, well, you know, we could do we could we could make this relationship work, Sully from Japan. We can do a long distance relationship. You podcast me, I'll podcast with you. We yeah, can do it's this. like a 12, 13 hour difference. So I'll be like, we, I'd be talking at like 11 in the morning while it's like 11 at night for you. Well, you know, I have a kid now, so I could probably podcast at any time of the goddamn night. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I'll just but never yeah. sleep. But yeah, so I'm looking at schooling in Japan. That's cool. Uh, I definitely looked at all my options and see what I can do about schooling. Uh, since I'm Native American, um, we 
have this thing. I, 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 I recently only found out this only really applies if I'm going to school in Canada. Mm-hmm. They don't sponsor overseas thing. That's why I haven't had like any real student loans because I had the band office pay for my tuition oh. and all that. I just have to prove to them that I'm doing my good grades. I'm actually doing my work. Um, since I'm like one of the very few, well, I, I'm not one of the very few. I'm one of the like people my demographic and my my age at the time who graduated. Uh, so I don't have a penalty because technically I can keep going back to school as many times as I want as long as I can keep putting more effort. Just do it. That would be awesome. Yeah, my that's what my mom did. She went to she did a teacher course and then she became a teacher for a bit and then she did a she did security and then she did like hairdressing. And then she did fisherman's license, and that's where she did at right now. But do you she think she'll school. do another one, or is she like settled with the fisherman license? Uh, the fisherman license is interesting because of how uh, this is kind of a bit more of a controversial topic. No, I, I get what you're saying though. Why not talk about it? It is interesting, you know, of how dangerous fishing is, yeah. not just out in the waters, but how like it was perceived, like in you just because we had this huge thing in Nova Scotia like a little while ago where uh, fishermen, uh, commercial fishermen were at each other's throats. And this wasn't anything new. This was just the first time the news outlets really brought it to light. And I was, it, it was a weird time because they, like, like, they would sabotage each other's boats. They would sabotage each other's nets. They would shoot at each other. Uh, well, the commercial fishermen were shooting at uh, a lot of our uh, fishermen. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy too. It like like uh there's a lot of times when my mom would go fishing in Bridgewater and they would like by the time they get there, like while they're fishing, they'd slash their truck tires. Wow, that is fucked. Yeah, it became really dangerous and my mom was like, I don't know if I could do this anymore since she's a single mom. And uh Jesus it became became extremely dangerous in that aspect and how everything was approaching then. But she's definitely still like like she's definitely she's still a fisherman right now, but with like just smaller grade fish instead of just what she used to do man um, that's that's crazy you would never think in a million years that you know gonna do you know go fishing and then suddenly like shit hits the fan like in the craziest way with fishing in nova scotia it's so bizarre so bizarre yeah it just it, it, like this wasn't anything like new too this has been happening for years this wasn't just a, a isolated incident like recently hmm. uh the reason why because there was a, a huge upsurge was because um like commercial fishermen were upset that natives can fish and hunt all year long but that's because of our, our treaty in 1752 that gives us any rights to fish and hunt how we how we wish and how uh, we do it uh I did not know but that. Yeah, so we can hunt all year long. We can fish all year long without any real restrictions on us. So are they trying to change that now? Like, is that what they're trying to do? They tried to force a change on it, and they really tried to force, like, like, uh, desensitize and get uh, native fishermen out of the waters to so the only fish in the world in their seasons whatnot. And it was always, like, the reasons... The, the reasons they always tried to say is because they're trying to preserve, like, the fish and crab and... Uh, the uh, deer and animals and stuff like that, but that's never really been the case because the, uh, like since we uh, natives know how to like uh, really like gauge and like how to look gauge population and not like decrepit and whatnot. Yeah. This has been a practice we've done for years. This wasn't something that um was really new uh, with us, but like commercial fishermen only do seasonal fishing. Yeah. So uh so. 
they were mad that by the time like their seasonal fishing be going, they, like they'd be like there isn't as much to go around for a commercial fishermen, and now they're stuck because uh... they only can fish in season. Why can natives fish all year round? You know what? If they can fish all year round, I'm just gonna make their life hell, and they're not gonna get that much money or traps or anything like that. So Man. just they came at each other's throats for like like decades. Jesus. Well. Man, we should just do a whole series on that. Well, that could be pretty dicey, but yeah, it would man, be interesting, though. Came a really grim episode. <laughs> no, you know, you talk about Japan and you end there. Uh... I did, you know what's also crazy? Japan is like, it's really interesting because they're also super big on seafood, like Nova Scotia. So it's going to be interesting going to like try their food out. Uh, I'm really actually really excited because I already have been to like some ramen shops that we have here in like Japanese areas, but. A lot of times it's like obviously just Atlantic fish, Atlantic cuisine. So it still tastes like Nova Scotian. <laughs> Maybe really... they'll be like the same place, you know? <laughs> I'm just joking. I imagine their, I imagine their fish, uh, fishing ways are kind of like the same over here. Um, I am really interested to see like that aspect of like fishing because Japan's like a fishing island, really. Yeah. It's going to be cool, man. I mean, yeah. You got to see Lost in Translation. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, the third reason is being just like I've I, I've had I've always had a long fascination with Japan in general. Clearly, I've always I've always loved how their culture was, uh, and I've always I've already grew up watching anime to such a neat. I was actually that's all I was doing today. I was lazing around watching anime. <laughs> that's why we got really? you on the podcast. Yeah, anime yeah, yeah. And Gundam, anime, and, you know exactly. That's and cool. Anime just a, Anime just played such a huge role in my life that I just really gauge like how I see animation value and whatnot. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, I became an animator because of Akira. The first time I saw Akira, I couldn't believe the, the caliber of quality. I didn't even know that people could make cartoons like that. Cartoons. Um, so I get it. There's like a whole level in anime that's like its own thing. Even the Studio Ghibli movies are people who don't like anime i'm like why don't you watch a studio ghibli movie and tell me what you think after that because i guarantee you there's one studio ghibli movie for everybody that they'll fall in love with i think so too i would go to extend even beyond just ghibli movies because there's there's a lot of beautiful anime movies i i oh, think yeah. some there's one i even i recommend to you it's just a movie called your name oh my niece uh, is obsessed with that movie it's it's actually a really beautiful movie. Uh, it's a love story where two, uh, a young girl and young man switch bodies. Yeah, and all they know each other is about their names, so they try to look. There's a live they're action really... one, right? They did, yes. They made a live action of it. Yeah, my my niece is super into manga and anime and all that. She's like super into it. And it's totally my fault too. I introduced her to Sailor Moon, and that was the end of that. But she is like a, a bookshelf like this, just full of manga. Like she has tons and tons and tons of it. Um, um, wow, that one question gave us a lot of material there. Uh, okay, okay. Random question. I'm just gonna fly around here, okay? Franchise fatigue. How do you feel about, um, like, I've never seen all the Saw movies, but I know that there's like 11 or 12 now. At what point do you feel like they should probably stop making them. Like, do you think if you have one bomb, it's a sign that you should stop making a franchise? Or do you think give it five or ten years, give it another shot? 
you know what's a perfect example of this is how I saw Terminator. They should just let that franchise either die or get a new cast. You know what? I don't want to see... That was like, on my list. It was Terminator. You can't see, but that's number three. Get Arnold Schwarzenegger out of my face. I, I no longer want to see him in Terminator. I just want a brand new cast. I know. Like, it, like remake Terminator or just, like, forget everything in the past. as irrelevant anymore. I hate it. I know. <laughs> Honestly, every time they make one, I'm just like, ugh. We're going to do, you're going to do this to us again. Like Terminator Dark Fate was so brutal. Oh my God. I, it's like, it. I do not care that Sarah Connor's back. Get her out of my face. Oh man. I feel bad for Linda Hamilton for even coming back. I feel like she was tricked into that. It was just awful. All of them are awful except for Terminator 1 and 2. Even like Star Wars. I don't know, man. I wish that they just hadn't have done the sequel trilogy, to be honest, and they just did the one-offs like Rogue One. I like Rogue One. I thought it was good. Um, I guess they stopped after Solo, though, didn't they? There's no more standalone Star Wars movies. Uh, I think it still kind of applies because of how much they made for a live-action show. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> like, it's hard to keep track. It's insane. I know. I, I mean, whatever they're doing with Daisy Ridley, whatever this new one is, I just... <laughs> My fingers are crossed, but, like, my hopes are completely not even existent. Marvel as well. Like, I didn't go see the Marvels, and it's not because I thought that that one movie looked bad. I'm just so tired of seeing Marvel movies. Although, if a fourth Spider-Man movie came out, I'd definitely be going to see that. Because that shit ended pretty crazy with them forgetting who Peter Parker was. But Spider-Man still exists. Like... I don't know. They did a pretty good job, I think, of the, the third one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, obviously, we we simply touched on Marvel a bit. I will try not. I'll just go at least over in details. <laughs> we had a whole episode dedicated to it already. It's true. <laughs> but and Star Wars too, I guess. But yeah, true. there's a there's a huge issue with like franchise fatigue, and I think those are the biggest franchises that are just draining audiences. I don't think a lot of people can handle it much more. <laughs> I don't think they can either. Even Avatar, like. How do they? How can you already pre-plan like five more? I mean, I know that it's, they're the biggest movies in the world, but how the fuck are those the biggest movies in the world? How did this sequel become so big? I I don't understand. It it is bizarre because uh, I think it's just it's so weird to take yourself out of the mindset because there's there's a lot of people who just don't care and want to see a good movie, mm-hmm. and I think that's the, I think that's the biggest audience there is i don't even I think... know do you do you know that many people who saw avatar 2 because i don't i know people who just like like oh they did something new with it i want uh, like just to check out like the new effects and that's what the biggest thing that avatar was because they reinvented 3d true right and then I mean, it did look this... amazing i'm not gonna lie. and then Av- and avatar 2 they technically did it again with how like great you can make the 3d, uh, 3D movie look again yeah but I don't know how well it's going to sell anymore because, like, Avatar 3 and 4 have to do something outstanding. I know. Like, like, because Avatar 1 came out, because it was in, in, like, theaters for, like, a year and a half. It just wouldn't leave. That's why it got so much money and became the biggest selling line. It's honestly cheating, but anyways. (laughs) (laughs) James Cameron's going to kill you. No, you're right. I mean, honestly, though, I actually really liked the second one a lot more than the first one. I think everybody does. Yeah, I can't even watch the first one anymore, but I like the kids in the second one. It was cool. Um, Even the Scream movies, they're making, like, I don't know what number we're on now, but, like, 
I haven't seen any since part three, and I don't know why they're still making them. To be yeah, honest, Scream, Scream Six came out yeah, a little while back. What the fuck? Why are those I, still going? I know the biggest thing they advertised is Jenna Ortega was in it, <laughs> and she's done now, right? Yeah, she's done. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch the movie, but it was like the biggest selling point because she's such a huge actor now. I just I thought Wednesday was cool. I liked that show. It was way better than I thought it would be. But I'm not like, you know, it's the equivalent of the Swifty people. But for Wednesday, like I'm not like bananas over Wednesday. I thought it was way better than I thought it was gonna be. But I'm not like rewatching Wednesday. Adams on repeat over here. Um, I still think Christina Ricci is way better as Wednesday in the movies. She's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I yeah I agree. Uh, um, <laughs> these are some pretty random questions, but there's not too many left. Twenty twenty four. What are your thoughts, Sully? How do you think it's gonna go in general? What's the vibe of twenty twenty four for the planet? This is a big question here. Oh, for an entire planet yeah, for everything, media, everything. Call it premonition. I think something really bad is going to happen in twenty. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, I don't think any like like I think a lot of the events before this big bad event happens, I think it's going to be fine. But I just think something really, really big and really bad is going to happen in 2024 that the world can't look away. Kind of like the pandemic, except I think on a much more dangerous scale. Great. Hey, you know, Kristen Stewart said that she's worried about a nuclear war this year. (laughs) Did you see that article on Twitter? I did. (laughs) People were just like this in the comment section. Like, that's thank you Kristen Stewart nobody thought of that we're really glad that you're here to tell us about these things but it's true though shit's getting pretty crazy um yeah obviously I'll try not to I won't glaze over any real controversial topics but the state of the world is in shambles right now and mm. I just don't see it getting any better in yeah. 2024 if anything it's probably just going to get worse that's why I think something really bad's going to happen not only that the new election is happening in 2024. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Right. However, however, in lighter news, Trump, his speeches are amazing. I gotta say, like he he was making complete nonsense, <laughs> I and I was like, you know what? I'm all here for it. I love this man. <laughs> He's basically just a bag of cats, and yeah. they push him on stage, and he just says crazy shit. Because he was he was like, oh, so there's that whole trend of like the Panera lemonade. That energy drink that's that killed two people, and then he was like, you know, Sleepy Joe, he on his reign, people are dying from under my rule, people weren't dying from a lemonade. That's what they're that's what under Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. How are we supposed to work with that? I can get rid of that if I'm under reign. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It's not even Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> yeah, he's just. That's that's why I was like, damn Trump. Like, as, as so controversial as you are, the shit you say is so funny. <laughs> like, Dude, oh I know. God. I remember when, when back when he was, like, you know, running for president, and we would all joke around at work, like, man, have you heard what Trump said the other day? Like, that guy's fucking crazy. And then the night of, I remember Henry being like, oh, oh, wow, he, he won. And the next day, we were all at work like, um... This wasn't supposed to happen. Like, he's not actually supposed to be running anything. Like, he's out of his fucking mind. Like, not in like a, like a, like he's just, he's crazy. He shouldn't be controlling shit. Um, all the Trump fans who watch us are going to hate us now. 
Um, he he helps Kevin McAllister, but in Home Alone 2, leave him alone. <laughs> they need to do a the special edition and fucking cut him out of it. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. 2024, crazy shit will happen, probably. It always seems to. However, in a smaller scale, I do think 2024, I think it's going to be great, because I'm, I'm obviously trying to make a venture to Japan. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So and <laughs> things I, you're looking up. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I can think of. Like in smaller scale things, I think like I, I really want to make 2024 what I wanted 2020 to be because 2020 I was gearing up like this is gonna be the year of my life. I'm gonna. Wow. So sorry. I'm gonna, I bought this couch. People, people are gonna be over. I'm gonna have so many things happen, and then obviously just none of that happened. Actually, inverted. I became worse off. <laughs> So 2024, I really wanted to be one of those, like, you know what? This is the year I really change who I am and not for the better. I'm not going to, like, become a horrible, terrible person. Like, like, like we'll hold uh, you accountable on this. We'll hold you accountable. Yeah, yeah. I just want to because it's weird. Starting this podcast has really made me realize, like, what part, what fire I've been missing for so long. And I just because I obviously like we both went into film and anything like that to be creators and that's just not something i had in my heart for quite a long time yeah. and it just, it just kind of died out and that's why i was really kind of worried about myself of like how i really going forward like how well i'm going to even be want to be creative in anything because I, I don't really have that drive anymore and i really want to reignite that in myself in 2024 well i feel like this little podcast is a good Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Just one. Pretty, like, hey. Are you coming on or something? Oh, surprise guest? No. She's just waiting for a bottle to warm up. I asked, tried to get her on. She could have, but she did not. She wants to do baby chats tomorrow or something, I think. But anyways, yeah, I feel the same way. And I feel like the um the little podcast is, is a nice little push in that direction. Because, a specific game you know, you do start like studying you, film with hopes and dreams of doing some kind of creative position in film all, or anything like, like that. But it's tough, man, um, especially in a little place where Wait, we're that, at. Like, you kind of can only do, what would the word be? Like, not creative stuff, you know, in yeah, Nova Scotia, which is fine. Like, if you, you can make a living doing, you know, lighting and grip and sound and camera assisting, which is all great. But there's not a lot of folks doing, like Jason Eisner, he did Hobo with a Shotgun. And, you know, he made a movie that was his own movie. and But you don't see that happening too much ever. It's like once every... 10 years you know in nova scotia if that um you kind of would have to i don't know it's like do you be a big fish and stay in nova scotia and make things like that or do you move away and your skills to a place that's really popular and see if you can do a bigger movie there you know i don't know um but uh yeah it's tough i know because you have to make a living you have to pay your bills and it's just another part of me where I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to live in Nova Scotia forever. Hmm. And it, it, the biggest thing, I just never felt like, like more enclosed here than ever before in my oh. life. Damn. I, I just, I just want more what I can do or even just see what the world has to offer. Yeah, why not? 
There's a lot of stuff out there, man. And even at that, just the options that Nova Scotia has here are so limited that, like, the only... Like, like if I stayed here and grow, it just I feel like I'm kind of grow out of resentment for all the things I could have seen or could have done. Hmm. So, like, like if so, if I did go anywhere a little bit, like for like if it's still for film work, it'd be like Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah, a lot of folks moved to uh, Toronto. I remember during the tax credit stuff that happened here, and um, a lot of people go to Vancouver. I don't know a lot of people who left here and went to the states, though. I don't know that many people who did that. Yeah, that was actually one of my options I thought about. Mm-hmm. Like, even before going to Japan, I was like, because I really looked at, I was looking at prices and everything. I, I was trying to figure out how I could integrate myself into New York. Because I. Like Alice. We should have Alice on. She went there and did that stuff. Yeah, because I was like checking out apartments and how well everything is there and how the industry is. I was like, man, New York sounds like a really fun place to be, even though I hear so much shit about it and see so much shit about it. I think I think I just think it's just too cool of a place to ignore. Overall, it looks very cool. It's always in you know very extravagant in films and TV shows. There seems to be lots of culture there, which is kind of fun. The food looks amazing and everything I've seen it in. Um, yeah, Nova Scotia. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I used to really want to do a lot of film stuff. I feel like when I was going through my twenties, I realized that. I I don't know. I I really want to stay close to my family. So I I want I changed my whole outlook on what I wanted to do around staying here because I didn't want to leave um cuz I know there's other parts of the world that are just like a shit show and we seem to be a slightly protected more so than other places here from that stuff. Um so those two things were my biggest reasons for staying and kind of adjusting what I wanted to do or what I could do, you know, um, as a dream for film. But I also didn't really know what I wanted to do to begin with in film. Like I didn't know. That's why I started animating before I was going into film, uh, because I wanted to storyboard and I did end up storyboarding a movie and I hated it. I just don't, I can do it. Um, but I don't want to do it. Same as animation. I did animation. I worked doing animation and I didn't want to do it after that. It's really fucking hard. And you, you know, you have to work your ass off and do quotas. And, um, you know, it's contract work, which I'm not a huge fan of. Lots of people do contract work. I don't want to do that because it's hard to plan the future then. Um, but yeah, plus now I have a family here and a kid, little Bennett. So I'll definitely be a lifer here. And I like seeing my parents here. They're just down the road. It'll be fun to see them get older. <laughs> and then I'll get old as fuck too. So, in my yeah. hometown, which I think is hilarious, because I never in a million years thought I would move back to my hometown ever. There was no reason to, but now I'm here in my hometown. All of my schools are here that I went to, and I drive to the city every day. So, I just never thought that would be possible. So I have like one little foot in film at White's, kind of helping with all the productions we do. But yeah, I I think the podcast is good for us because um, I don't even like getting my picture taken. So the fact that I'm actually putting my face on the video right now is really wild to me on YouTube. Like it's wild. Yeah, man. But I I do know what you mean though. Even just being close to home, seeing family still, 
it's it it's kind of weird i i do i i do understand your sentiment like i actually have that perspective like with you like 100 percent. even just like being close to everybody seeing everybody like helping like because at least uh, everything's familiar anybody really do even you can tell what the scope of what you can do here yeah um even like when i left it was so i i left under really bad circumstances when i first moved up here but um my family was all in support of me leaving and just growing as I did. And it just felt weird. Like, like I don't know if I want to, like, it kind of felt like I culted when I, uh, for so long now. Uh, but I've always wanted to continue exploring and all this stuff. Because a lot of the times, like, my family, they don't really leave Cape Breton all too often. And right now I've been, like, one of those, like, kind of eye holes in, like, how things are in the city. They have, like, a place here that can crash anytime they want. Yeah. And I really thought about like that, like in my life, just going forward. It's like, even if like I can bring my family with me to everywhere I go, at least like I get to share my and bring back my experiences as well. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you're like yeah. only in twenties. You could do tons of stuff. Like, also, yeah, I I was I I turned twenty five in January, and I legit I was I like this year was probably like, the worst year of my life. Not even a joke. Like like this is like either the first or second, like, damn, everything is just going horrible for me this year. Wow. And you know what? I think I'm going to have a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going in life anymore. Just so that's why I started... step ahead of that, you know? That's, that's why I started, like, uh, just putting initiatives. I'm going to Japan. I'm learning Japanese. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to put my money on oh, my mouth where my money is, you know? I want to see initiative in myself more than anything. And that's when I thought, like, if I'm doing all this initiative stuff... I want to get bring back my spark, spark of creativity again. Yeah, you should. I mean, why not, man? If this does it, because what the hell's the point of everything if you're not doing stuff that you like doing? You know, especially if you're in your mid twenties, like you're, you don't, you know, do whatever you want. Like, I kind of got myself locked in now. I could never leave. <laughs> but I'm yeah. like, for me, like I put myself in this position on purpose. But I remember when I was in Los Angeles when I was 29, I was like, wow, I'm at Sony. Like, there's the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. I'm on their, you know, film sets. And I remember thinking to myself, like, it's wild because only a couple of years ago, this is exactly where I wanted to be. But when I got there, I was so homesick. I was like, ugh, I want to go home. It just wasn't for me once I got there. It was almost like, I don't want to say it was too big. But it felt like too big. I don't know. California was scary. It was cool though. Yeah, I've only been to like uh, Maine, uh, a bit of Toronto, and I've been to Alberta. Uh, I do have family. I do have family in Vancouver as well, so I'm not like that's why I'm not even like worried if I did decide to go over there. I can I at least have a place to stay. Vancouver is huge. The place is massive. Yeah. Man, this conversation got really deep at the end of here. Oh, my God. I know. It's great, though. That's what this is for, you know? Cody Hat's going to spit his coffee out when he gets to this part. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. He told like, me we're... he was uh, literally drinking a cup of vodka and he almost spit it out because I went to the part where I was like, Cody Hat, if you're listening, and I know you are, he was like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, whoa that's me <laughs> Cody will be on this eventually like that's another thing I wanted to mention for 2024 episode 13 I want to bring in the president of Maritime Ghostbusters and then going forward after that I just want us to start having guests of stuff that we like or friends of the podcast that 
it could be fun. I think we just needed to hammer out the first 10 episodes just to find our footing, but I feel like we're getting there. Um, you know, I think we are. I don't know. <laughs> Nine episodes in, this is like, what was it, six weeks, seven weeks? I know. It's weird, right? Yeah. We're getting old. Uh, yeah. And then for Christmas, oh, yeah, I was going to bring this up. I want to do a Christmas episode, and I'm trying to convince Cora to come on with us. But, uh, yeah, so we could have three of us on again. But hey. we're going to put on some stupid Christmas shirts or something. I don't know. Oh, man, I want to get. I want to bring a, a horrible, ugly sweater for Christmas, dude. Wait, do you see the one I got? You're going to be so jealous. I guarantee it. Guarantee oh, it. Um. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I had here to talk about, because we're running into overtime, was space. But that's a whole other thing. That's a yeah, whole other podcast. I'm also outclassed in space talk, because I only know vague bits. He's, like, studied and looked at everything in space and how the technology works up there. That and how, true. like, and well stars and, like, planets and galaxies are. I am, I just know my vague knowledge of, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson talking. He's great, <laughs> though. He's, like, I mean... He really brings it down for like, you know, folks to, because some of the ideas about space, I mean, we could go on and on about this, but like, it, they're so grand, like you will never think of anything more grand than distances when you talk about space and time. It's so vast that it's hard to actually hold conversations with some people about it because... They don't really, not saying I really understand it, but like you have to read about it a lot and tons of examples. Like I remember reading about just as one thing and I won't stay on space for very long because I'll talk about it forever. But even just the space station, once I realized that it's only 400 kilometers roughly like straight up, that's not very far. That's really not far away from the surface of the planet and it's always in orbit just 400 kilometers like that's fucked because when you see pictures and you see it on the news you know you're like oh the space station it's just so far away but it's really not and it's just perpetually falling to earth and it's just correcting itself it's crazy um, yeah even at like uh so since i'm uh i would come from a, like a well my father and my mom are like fishermen they talk a lot about like how to use the constellations, like like how they would use like that. Like say if all of your technology has gone in the boat, you still have the stars to help guide yeah. you home. You can use that little sextant thing that it's like this little device you can hold up and like triangulate. They use them for yeah. like I don't know how long. A long time. A long, long time. I think at least it's how they got to, it's how they got to the America. Yeah. The old yeah. America. They have America. they found Trump with space. However, my biggest flex I have on you about space is that I did technically meet Chris Hadfield. I met him too. I, I was in a freaking elementary school. It was dope. He showed us how he brushed his teeth <laughs> while he was in space. It was dope. Oh, I've seen those videos. But he'll talk to the students and be like, this is how you wring a cloth in space. And it's like, yeah, we, we got to ask some dumb questions. And he was like, it's like, can you spit it out, put it in your mouth? Like, I can. So he like spit it out, boop, boop, boop. And then boop, all in this. All in his mouth again. Dude. I was like, I was like, this is peak television right here. He's cool. <laughs> he, he came to Toronto and did a talk here, and I got to meet him and get a picture with him. And uh, I asked, it was really funny. It was so stupid in hindsight, but I was like, dude, what was your favorite Apollo mission? And he goes, Apollo Eleven, obviously. 
like you're so stupid and i was like of course like I, I, mine's eight i like to follow eight i'm sorry <laughs> but uh yeah good times um okay well i guess we should just wrap this up because we're like an hour and a half here um Seems to be our consistency now. Yeah, we're all over the place with it. This is another crazy random episode, but I kind of like it because when we just stay on one topic for a full episode, it's fun. I'm sure we get more viewers because it's like, we talked about Star Wars or we talked about Marvel, but I think it's good for us just to talk about, you know, what we want to talk about. It's our goddamn podcast, you know? Do you have like an A24 thing? It's like an Easter egg. Sorry, I just... Every time he like he like he has a background or somewhere, there's A24 in the background. <laughs> I keep bringing attention to you every time I see it. Like, my God, A24 everywhere. I know. You know what? Uh, when I was uh, setting up my camera, I thought about taking a tiny A24 sticker and sticking it right here to see if you <laughs> noticed it. <laughs> just to fuck with you. Uh, that's funny. Oh, my God. Next time. Um, but Sully, oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I probably, I'll probably just end the episode here. Yeah, I was gonna so, say, do you have any final? What are your final thoughts? Uh, 2024. Hopefully, we'll make it all okay. It's gonna be great. Woo! Episode nine. What are we calling this episode? I don't know. Deep. Thoughts. I don't know. We're calling it that. <laughs> episode nine. I don't know. I've been Adventure Man. He's been Mad Lines. Any last words before we end it off? Um. I still like gold video games better. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Remember to like, subscribe. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple. That's it. Bye. Love you. Oh, my God. Whoa.